The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio is speaking. I grabbed this uh, memory game. You guys know the memory game with the cards that go down. You flip over the cards at Ikea uh, a little while back. And it's kind of been in our house and we've been wanting to, you know, I kind of keep asking the kids, like, hey, you guys want to play memory? And like, no. I'm like, have you even heard of memory? It's awesome. I'm like, you want to play? And I leave it out. And their friend was over. Hey, man, do you want to play memory? And he's like, he just kind of looked at me, didn't say anything, and like walked away. I was like, all right. <laughs> Memory's cool. And, but Cash finally opened this thing up the other day. And, um, and he's like, oh, so all right, I'll check out the game. And he started flipping over the cards. And the cards of this game from Ikea are just Ikea furniture. <laughs> so, so it's like a drawer. There's a rug, you know, there's some kind of table. And Cash is like, what's the point of that? He's not like you flip it over and like, woohoo, Mickey Mouse is like, woohoo, a, a chair. Like, it just didn't have the same sort of effect as I thought it might have on him. But I still like the game. If any of you big guys want to set up in the back and play, uh, feel free. But memory is one of those, those simple games, right? You lay it out and there's, you know, bunch of cards and you're playing with one person or a few people and you start flipping over and in the first you know couple rounds it's just scattershot right no one really knows but if you ever been toward like the end of the game there's not that many cards left and you've seen kind of where all the cards are like you you know where they are but you still flip over the wrong card like there's be like four cards left and you like know exactly which one not to get and you flip it over and like oh gosh I just have to remember in like 20 seconds from now not to do that again. And like your turn comes around again and you flip over the same stupid card. It's like it gets a little bit frustrating because you think I must be smarter than this. But I keep kind of returning to this same same mistake. I've seen it. I I have a picture of where it is, but I'm like I'm just a little bit slow maybe and our or our minds work and you overthink it and you're like no nah, I there's something about that card. Was that the one I picked or should pick, right? You kind of get caught up in, in, in this moment. And it can be a little bit frustrating just sort of re- being that repetition of like, I, I know better, but why do I keep doing this same thing again? And we're going to get into this book of, of Galatians in coming weeks. And today we'll just touch a little bit of overview. But the writer, Paul, he's writing to these people who sort of are stuck kind of going back to something that they should know better. They're, they're, they're moving in the wrong direction. Like, listen, I've showed you. I've showed you the way. I've showed you freedom. We've talked about Jesus. You know better. Stop going back to that old card every time. And there's influence in their life that we'll look at. But for you and I, we do sort of exist sometimes in those same spaces. If you think about your own life, whether that's your faith, your relationship, habits, job. Like we have a tendency to go backwards toward things that we know better. Right? We end up like, oh, man, why do I do this same thing again? And we've talked about that even in past weeks. We just sort of have, have this penchant for going in the wrong direction and repeating things from our past that we've been liberated from. We've been, we, we've, we've been removed from that. We've been freed from that. We've experienced freedom in our life in the way we think, in the way we interact, in, in the way our workplace, in our faith. But if you're not careful, you find yourself kind of moving backwards like, oh, man, like what am I doing here again? And this people in this book of Galatians is, is, is a dear group to, to Paul. Sorry, one second. It's a dear group of churches to, to Paul, who's the, who's the writer of this. And I can throw a map up, Alex. I think there's a map on those slides. We'll, we'll talk about it as we go. But it's this sort of circled area up there. There's this cluster of churches known as Galatia. So when you talk about the book of Galatians, when you open up your Bible and there's these, it's broken into these different sections, there's a section of letters or epistles that typically the church planners wrote to the churches. So they 
they plant a church, and they can't be there all the time, and so they're away. And they send letters back to these churches to help them, help them grow and deal with issues. And sometimes word gets back to the church planners, like, hey, like, it's not going well. Like, okay, let me help you with this. And so Paul's talking about this region in Galatians. And Galatians is, is interesting because it's, it's really the only letter that's not written to a specific person or church. It's, it's really a, this sort of buckshot to this, this region of churches. And there's four or five different cities that Paul visited uh, in one of his missionary journeys. And he set up this area. And he, he sends this letter out to kind of all of them. He's like, I, I've heard enough about all of you guys together. I'm just going to send one letter in, in your direction to, to address some of these things. And the key verse of this whole thing, we'll, we'll just kind of give it away now over coming weeks as we work through the letter. The key verse is, is this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. And the big picture is that these people had been liberated from the way they were living and caught up in religion or trying to please God. And Paul said, listen, here's the gospel. There's good news. It's been done. Let me tell you about this person named Jesus who lived, died. He rose again. He's freed you from the yoke of slavery to to sin, to yourself, to works, to trying to get get your work your way up to God or please God. Listen, Jesus took care of it. You're free. You You can relax a little bit and enjoy life. And the people at the time, they kind of would, they would they enjoy that. They love that idea, but they would drift back into sort of their, their own ways. And we talk about this, this idea of these early churches and Paul and, and, and this book of Galatians. Again, we'll just kind of overview it a little bit. Paul writes this from a very passionate tone. So if we're able to lean into the text and some of the Greek, he's like fired up in this, in this letter. And he starts up fired up. He's just all in on the people. Because it's really hurtful for him dealing with people who he loved. Galatia was his first missionary journey. So if you know anything about this guy, Paul, he traveled all over that world, did all kinds of stuff. This was his first, this was his first group. These were his, this is where he was sent out to first, was Galatia. And he ended up in that area and loved on the people and saw something come. And then he comes to find out, he heard through the, sort of the grapevine, however that worked back then, that these people were once really free, and he heard the good news of Jesus, and they were experiencing life. All of a sudden, there was this other group of religious people telling like, well, that's cool, but you still really need to do all these other religious things. So the Judaizers, we know the Jewish people had all kinds of rules and regulations, and they were getting on to these, these people that Paul had freed that Jesus through, through Christ had freed. And it really kind of bothers him. And he starts leaning into this group who's, who's, who sort of had their joy and their freedom stolen away in a, very, in a very passionate way. And when something's that important to us, right, we, we do share about it. I think when we talk about the letters and, and the gospel writers, it sometimes feels so far removed. But we all have things that we're passionate about. And when you see it going a different direction, it, it kind of gets you going, right? Look around the, the, the world, the, the news. Maybe it's even something you remember, right? Mo- many of us remember September 11th, and that's important to those, who, those of us who live through that. And we feel like, man, you guys, like, everyone needs to know about this. And so for Paul, if you remember Paul's story, Paul was, a, was anti-church. He hated the church. He was a persecutor of a church. So remember that as he writes this letter. He's like, this is a guy who used to hate the church. He used to try to kill the church. All of a sudden, he's, he's free, he's found Jesus, he's excited. And so he's sharing this, this story of Jesus with everyone he can. 
And when he sees people start to like get better and, and, and fall in, in love with this God in a new way, and then have that rob from them, man, he gets fired up. He gets very passionate. So this book of Galatians, this is just not many chapters. You know, you can get five, six chapters. What I'm going to encourage you over the next number of months as we walk through it, try to read this book. Most Americans don't read one book in a year, right? That's just, we're not, not of us are not big readers, but these books are small. It's like, like maybe six or seven pages, depending on your Bible. Try to read Galatians. Just read it. You don't have to stop. You don't even have to understand everything. Find Galatians. It's toward the back of your Bible. Like there's like that much left. Just find it. Just, just, just read through it. We're going to walk, walk through it over these, over this next probably couple months, but sort of let it, let it, let it sort of penetrate your soul a little bit. Let it be kind of be mindful of these things. Charles Spurgeon says this, while our hands are busy in the world, let our hearts still talk with God. While our hands are busy in the world, let our hearts still talk with God. And when we get into the word, it allows sort of God to get into our hearts. Yeah, we have day-to-day stuff. We're not, we're not, we're not monks, right? We don't exist in another sort of plane and, and pull away. We have work to do. We have life to do. Man, let, but our hearts can still talk with God. And that's what I love about the word. And as we lean into it, read it, let it get, get in our hearts, uh, it, it can sort of transform us. So one of the ways we learn about these, these letters is that when we, when we pick up a place of a letter and, and the writer says, hey, I'm writing to these people, a lot of times we, we can find out about those people in the book of Acts. So Acts is sort of this road, road map to these, to these letters. And I'm going to read about these places that Paul is writing to now. We'll get a couple excerpts and we'll, we'll sort of understand where he's coming from. So he's visiting these places. He's on this, on this missionary journey. Again, these are people who, uh, who either had some kind of religious background or, or well, people at that time all had some religious background, but it was not, they had not quite learned about the good news of Jesus. And it says this, Paul's preaching, this, preaching the word in these cities. When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and thanked the Lord for his message. And all who were chosen for eternal life became believers, so the Lord's message spread throughout the region. Then the Jews stirred up, the, stirred up the influential religious women and leaders of the city, and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. So they shook the dust off their feet of, re, of rejection and went to the next town, Iconium. And the believers there were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. Same thing happened in Iconium. Paul and Barnabas went to the Jewish synagogue. They preached. Some of the Jews, however, spurned, spurned God's message and poisoned the minds of the Gentile, Gentiles against Paul and Barnabas. But the apostles stayed there a long time preaching boldly to the people of that town. But the people of that town were divided in their opinion about them. Some sided with the Jews, some sided with the apostles. Then a mob of Gentiles and Jews, along with their leaders, decided to attack and stone them. When the apostles learned of it, they fled the region to Lyconia, the towns of Lystra and Derbe and surrounding area, and there they preached the good news. So all these cities are kind of in that circle of the maps. He's bouncing around these different areas. He gets this place. He does the same thing. He preaches the word. People, people believe. There's, there's some excitement. Then the Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium. They kind of are following him around. They won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul, dragged him out of town, and they, thinking he was dead, left him to die. The next day, Paul and Barnabas left for Derby, and so on and so on. So they're preaching the good news. The Jews find out about it. There's division. And so this, this is the setup of, of Galatia, of the churches there. It, it was not born out of, of ease. It's a, they're difficult places. There's, this, there's these split opinions. The, the people there are, are being pulled in different directions, much like we are today. So they're, they're hearing this good stuff. They want to believe it, but there's other voice saying, no, no, no. Or something good, good news comes, and the Jewish guy's like, no, wait, hold on, don't do this. So there's this sort of conflict here. And we read through this book, I want us to be thinking about that sort of idea 
and this is, this, is, this is something I've just been processing my personal life. The conflict that's there in the beginning tends to be there throughout. So if there's great conflict where these churches are born, there's this, the towns are divided, there's good news, and there's the Jewish people, it's really not a surprise that months and years later the same thing is happening. And for you and I, we can kind of realize that sometimes with our spouses. The conflict that's there in the beginning it tends to kind of linger around throughout. It's the same sort of stuff. How many have been married for a long time and like sometimes you still fight about the same dumb things? It's like, why do we do that? Because it's the same thing. The conflict that's there in the beginning tends to be there throughout. That's, that's okay, right? That's, that's part of it. But just realize that. So Paul, I mean, it was like, well, okay, well, we fix, do we fix that? Like, not really. That is going to be there. In your own life, the thing that you've dealt with at one point in your life, I'm for freedom, I'm for getting liberated, I'm for making progress, but until we are fully, you know, die and, 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 and raise again, there's going to be those sort of issues in our life to say, man, okay, this has been an issue in the past, let me prepare mentally for what's, what's coming in the future, let me arm myself for this. And sometimes that's just us, we carry junk, man, how many of us fall into the same thing again and again and again and again? It's the same thing. The conflict that's there in the beginning tends to be there throughout. And this is just going to eyes wide open. Like, okay, this is the issue in this area. There's going to be this conflict. Jewish people are going to be trying to rob the joy of the, of, of the new believers. And so Paul's addressing this sort of passionately. Like, okay, I know your context, but we've got to do something about it. And he starts to, starts to pour into the, into the people. So Galatians 1, we'll, we'll, we'll just get into a few verses of that uh, past book today. And then, uh, yeah, we'll kind of see where, see where we get. But he starts off writing, writing this, Paul. And if we think about this in the old, old world, how they got their letters or their books, right? It wasn't a book like this. It wasn't an email. Uh, but it says, this letter is from Paul, or, or Paul, when you read Galatians 1.1. 1, 1. The people are getting this stuff in a scroll, right? So it's, it's all rolled up. And Paul's the guy who we learn later. He kind of writes in big letters. He's like all caps guy. You know all caps people on their phone? Like, dude, why are you yelling at me? Like, I can't, it's like, because I, I can't see. Like, Paul's all caps in this letter in a couple ways. He has a hard time seeing, so he writes big. When he writes his own stuff, he writes large. He's also really fired up. So I think he is kind of writing all caps, right? And so he writes Paul, and so what this thing comes in at, it comes in as a scroll, and a bunch be a bunch of pages, and, and the guys at this time probably like, oh, shoot, this is a big letter from Paul, like, this can't be good. And like, oh, wait, there's just like two words per page, so let's see. But, but when they get this scroll, you want to know who it's from. So these letters, they start with the name, of, name first, right? So when you send an email, you don't have to say, hey, this is so-and-so, usually you know where it's coming from. This time it says, hey, this is Paul. It's Paul here. Like, you don't have to skip to find the last page to find out who it's from. It's Paul. An apostle. I was not just appointed by any group of people or by, or by any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself, by God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead. So he lay, throws down his credential, and as a reminder, he's like, listen, guys, what's happening here? What's happened in the past? It's not just, it's just passing fad. See, like, I've been appointed by God to bring this news. And Paul's confident in that, and I love that about him. Sometimes we lack confidence in our own being sent from God. Paul's like, listen, I, I, I have authority to talk to you. I'm claiming authority over that. I, know Jesus, I knew Jesus. He sent me. Remember that. That's who you are. Because you start reading this thing, and someone starts blasting you how you're living. You're like, who are you to talk to me like that? And when you're, when you're being sort of challenged on stuff, you can kind of get, get very defensive Paul's just like reminding him, these people, like, listen, 
This is who I am. This is is where I come from. You know this. It's from God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. So from Paul, all the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. So he's also saying, it's not just me. Like, we're all here. Like, we're all here talking about how bad you're doing. Like, that's real comforting. Because the brothers and sisters here with me, and this is, this is probably partially some of the other apostles and church leaders and counsel from where he's writing. It's like, listen, we are, we are together. We need to talk to you about this. And it's in a loving way. He says, man, we're, we're here. And so Paul, not as if him, himself and the authority of God was enough, he's like, man, listen, the community is here with me. And I love that about Paul as well, diving in. Hey, listen, we're, we're part of this together. We're part of this family as he's addressing the, these letters. May God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned. In order to rescue us from this evil world which we live, all glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Standard kind of prayer opening. I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. He's, he's shocked. This is, all, this is the all caps part. He's like, I am shocked. Like, we went through this. You were better. You know better. Now you've gone back to it. Anyone ever hear news of someone who's, who's gone through a situation that they should not return to, and you find out they went back to it? You're like, like you went back to that person? You went back to that job? You went back to the, that oppressive religious situation? Like, you're shocked because you saw the results of liberation, and Paul saw the results of freedom of these people. And he's like, I am shocked that you would go back. So you are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. And there's no way to sort of revise the gospel, right? We can't take the gospel and then sort of try to fix it a little bit. Like you've taken it, you've twisted it around. Like, well, we've just added a few things. It doesn't work that way. If you revise the gospel, like you reverse the gospel. The part of the gospel is that Jesus did, did all the gospel. When we start to get involved, like, well, we're going to dress it up with a little more religion because they think it's lacking some things, you're, you're taking away from it. You're going in the wrong direction. And then Paul says this, again, he's passionate. So, so he didn't take long. Sometimes he's, he opens up, he's got some more like, kind of fluffy things to say to people, but he's getting right into it. I'm shocked. Let, God curse, let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven, who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. Verse 8. Let God's curse fall. So he's like, man, this is not gentle talk. He's, he's angry, he's fired up, he's passionate. Verse 9, he says this, I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcome, let that person be cursed. Like if you missed it in verse 8, let me tell you again in verse 9. Let the person be cursed. I say again, let them be cursed. Like this is again, firing up the all caps. Like this is the opening, you know, page or two of this letter. I'm shocked and I am, I am prepared to, to call God's curse down and whoever's trying to steal the beautiful, perfect, grace-filled gospel that was presented to you. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people but of God Pleasing people were my goal. I would not be Christ's servant, which I, which I love that because he's being kind of harsh. And it's like, obviously, I'm not trying to make you guys happy and please you. If that was my goal, I wouldn't be serving Jesus because I'm serving Jesus now. And he's like, I end up in a city. I get thrown out of every city I go into, and I get stoned and left for dead. Right? But he's in it. He's not in it for that. That's like a hard like, gut check for those of us who are trying to follow Jesus. Like, oh, my gosh, like, how far would I take that? 
Oh, you know, I'm not in it to please, please man. And Paul, Paul is just, again, he's just fired up. He's fired up and he's passionate. And he's concerned about a people that had been, been freed. It's for freedom that Christ set them free. And the situation, if you don't know, it, the Jewish people just had thousands of laws. And they're trying to put all these rules and regulations back on this, on this freed group of people. Paul's like, you don't need that. Don't go in that direction. I was coming out of Marina Park with, with Cash the other day and down by the beach. And if you, you know the place, you roll over and you know these things. I, I think I've talked about this before, but you roll over those parking teeth. You know, when you go over them, like you can leave, but you can't go backwards. They always say, don't back up. Like bad things will happen if you back up. That's Paul's message to the Galatians. Don't back up. Don't go that way. Those teeth will destroy your car. I was in my truck, and it kind of stalled out, like, on the top of it. I'm like, oh, hold on. And I told Cash, like, yeah, that would be a bummer if we rolled backwards. But you don't back up. Because you go back, and, and, and you end up flattening your tires, and, and it costs you all kinds of money, and your car's not the same. Paul's like, don't go that way. You, you've come from that way. Just, you got to get past that. Because if you go back, it, it's going to tear you up. And some of us have a have a tendency to lean back into religion wherever you're from you know maybe that's whatever if it's a church or no church it's like man i just got to do more i got to be a better person like paul's like let let that go yeah are there practices in our faith about following jesus of course but first things first jesus paid it all you are free you, you are not under any guilt or shame there's no way you can work your way toward god or anyone let that go Let this book of rules go. Please don't back up. And some of us heap those things on ourselves when we sort of know better. And there's that basic, this love of Jesus that some of us have experienced for the first time, that gospel message. The gospel, I've been reading a lot of Tim Keller over this study, and some of you know him, but I'll be referencing him. But he talks about the gospel. The gospel is like the good news. Like, oh, Jesus died for me, cool, and... And we kind of talk about it sometimes in the way of like the ABCs, like, well, it's the gospel, like, but then you move on. The gospel is not just the beginning. It's how we live in the kingdom of, kingdom of God. The gospel, Tim Keller says, not just the, ABC, not the ABCs, it's the A to Z. It's the whole thing. How we interact with Jesus, how we understand ourselves in light of God's love, is how we live this entire, entire life. And these people would kind of got a little bit like, oh, I got that ABC in the beginning, but now I'm going to this. And it's just slowing them down. Maybe they don't even know. Maybe you feel slowed down. You're just burdened by, like, man, I don't know if I can keep up with religion. Man, don't, don't feel that way. That's, that's not the gospel. Sometimes you just do it for so long that you get tired, but you don't really know you just do it. We were at Yosemite a few years ago, and we love bringing our bikes to Yosemite and driving around and meet the kids. Sometimes there's kids on your back or on your, on your bike when they were little. And, and we're doing this big loop around Yosemite, like, gosh, I don't know, it's 20, 30 people on bikes, and Amy's there, and, and Amy is just, like, huffing on the bike, and, like, she's like, oh, my gosh, I just, I don't know why I can't keep up, this is so hard, I'm kind of like, well, you're just a little bit out of shape, you know, and she punched me, and, and but we're, like, kind of going, it was just like, and we, we finally stop after a while, and I look at her, her bike, I'm like, dude, you have a flat tire, <laughs> you have, totally have a flat tire, that's why you're having such a hard time. Right? And, and, we, and we went to it, we put some air in it, and then it kind of, and we went for a little while and it got flat again. And it's one of those things that sometimes we just start to live with this, we live with guilt, we live with shame, 
we live, we live with this sort of idea that I have to do more to please God. And you do for so long, and it's tiring, and it's hard, but you just think it's life. You think, well, maybe I'm just not strong enough, so I guess i, I, I got to toughen up, and it'll get better. But man, God, Jesus like, I did not mean for you to be cruising around with, with, with flat tires. You should be cruising. I, he's like, I want this to be easy. Let me remove the yoke and the burden of slavery. You should be cruising. And so when we feel that, we just sort of live with it. But sometimes it takes upkeep, right? We've been freed. You put air in your tire, and then it like goes flat again. Like, oh, man, dude, we're going back to the same stuff. Paul's going to address all this sort of holistically from the religion to the way they interact with one another to people. It's like it's for freedom that Christ set you free. If you don't feel free, you're missing a little bit of the gospel. I'm going to have Brooke uh, and Hannah come back up, actually. And, uh, yeah, so read the book. You'll be happy when you finish. Like, oh, I read a book. And just remember that he's talking about this gospel because it's that important. Because the gospel is not only the way we enter the kingdom, it's the way we live in the kingdom. It can't just be a free, free pass at first. That would be like filling up your tire. Like, oh, cool, I'm free. And then going, just going back to the flat tire. He said, you want you to be free. So God, thanks for who you are. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for life. Uh, I pray for anyone just struggling with burden, Lord. Maybe that comes from within. Maybe that comes from other people, like in these churches in, in, in Galatia, telling them they're not good enough, telling them they have to do more, they have to work harder. And Jesus, you came to give life and life abundant. It should be light. Take that burden off. Those of us who struggle with just religion, like, yeah, but don't, isn't there more to it? Like, no, there's not. Jesus paid it all. Just remind yourself that. So Holy Spirit, be with us as we, as we close out. In your name, amen. You have been listening to Pastor Jesse Giglio, recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. For more information about New Church, go to n-e-u-e-c-h-u-r-c-h dot com. Again, that web address is n-e-u-e-c-h-u-r-c-h dot com. Thank you for listening. And may God bless you and yours.